Hello, I'm Ren Ferguson. I'm one of the ministers here at the Collinsville Troy Church of Christ, and I'm so glad that you have uh, returned today. Uh, if you will, be opening up to 2 Corinthians chapter 11. Uh, we were able to, at the end of last week, we were able to look at the first six verses of this chapter, and just to give us kind of a recap and to help us get back into the context of what Paul is saying here, we're going to reread those verses, not going to look at them, of course, as in-depth as we did last Friday, but again, just to remind us of what Paul is discussing here. He says, starting in verse 1, I wish you would bear with me in a little foolishness. Do bear with me. For I feel a divine jealousy for you since I betrothed you to one husband to present you as a pure virgin to Christ. But I am afraid that as the serpent deceived Eve by his cunning, your thoughts will be led astray from a sincere and pure devotion to Christ. For if someone comes and proclaims another Jesus than the one we proclaimed, or if you receive a different spirit than the one you received, or if you accept a different gospel than the one you accepted, you, do, you put up with it readily enough. Indeed, I consider that I am not in the least inferior to these super-apostles. Even if I am unskilled in speaking, I am not so in knowledge. Indeed, in every way we have made this plain to you in all things. Now, if you remember, most of last week we were looking at even chapter 10. And both in this chapter and chapter 11 and even continuing uh, into uh, chapter 12, Paul is defending his ministry against the claims of some of those in Corinth, specifically these false apostles. And as he is describing here, he makes the point that those in Corinth were patient and willing to uh, forbear with those false apostles. And so he's asking for that uh, as well, for them to bear with him, to have that little bit of patience, to hear him out and to hear what he has to say. And so there in verses 5 and 6, as we just read, he says he's not inferior to them, even if perhaps he's not as eloquent as they may be. He says he's not inferior in knowledge. And they, those in Corinth, as he makes the point, ought to have recognized that. And so he continues from this point on to defend his ministry, and he's got a couple of different main points. The the first one is here in verses 7, really going down through verse 15. And that has to do with the fact that Paul did not take money from, from the Corinthians. Uh, he says in verse 7, Or did I commit a sin in humbling myself so that you might be exalted, because I preached the gospel to you free of charge? If you remember, going all the way back to the beginning of this, this letter, uh, in chapter 2 and verse 17, it says, For we are not like so many peddlers of God's word, but as men of sincerity, as commissioned by God in the sight of God, we speak in Christ. There were those, and those false apostles certainly did this, that tried to use the gospel to ex extort those that were hearing them and get money from them. Paul uh, hits on that again in chapter uh, 4. Uh, he says in verse 2, But we have renounced disgraceful, underhanded ways. We refuse to practice cunning or to tamper with God's word, but by the open statement of the truth, we would commend ourselves to everyone's conscience in the sight of God. 
they were not doing anything and they were not using the gospel as a way to make money. And so he's saying in verse 7, and he's being, he's being kind of sarcastic, both in this chapter as well as in chapter 17. There's some very sarcastic comments by Paul. And he says, did I commit sin because I didn't charge you for preaching to you? And he says in verse 8, I robbed other churches by accepting support from them in order to serve you. All of these false, these false apostles were undermining the character of Paul, but then he turns right around and he says, these same ones are extorting you and using you as a way to, to gain, as a way for them to become wealthy. But when I came, I didn't charge you. In fact, I got support from other congregations, from other Christians, so that I could come to you and preach the gospel to you. He says, was I wrong in doing that? Was I committing a sin in doing that? And of course, the answer is no. He says in verse 9, And when I was with you and was in need, I did not burden anyone. For the brothers who came from Macedonia supplied my need. So I refrained and will refrain from burdening you in any way. He says, I'm going to keep doing it. And as he even says, he says it again in verse 10, As the truth of Christ is in me, this boasting of mine will not be silenced in the regions of, of Achaia. This boasting of his, speaking specifically of him not accepting that payment for, for preaching the gospel specifically to the Corinthians. And unfortunately, this was something that Paul had already addressed in the book of 1 Corinthians, Looking at 1 Corinthians chapter 9, really, that's the main point of this entire chapter. Uh, Paul is making the point that it is, it was certainly his right as an apostle and as a preacher, just in general, to ask those that he taught to provide for him. But notice what he says, going back to 1 Corinthians 9 and verse 14. He says, in the same way, the Lord commanded that those who proclaim the gospel should get their living by the gospel. But I have made no use of any of these rights, nor am I writing these things to secure any such provision. For I would rather die than have anyone deprive me of my ground for boasting. For if I preach the gospel, that gives me no ground for boasting. For necessity is laid upon me. Woe to me if I do not preach the gospel. For if I do this of my own will, I have a reward. But if not of my own will, I am still entrusted with a stewardship. What then is my reward? That in my preaching I may present the gospel free of charge, so as to not make full use of my rights in the gospel. Paul, of course, was especially obligated to preach and to teach. And what he's saying there is the only room for quote-unquote boasting or quote-unquote pride, was the fact that he did not charge. That was just a personal point of pride for Paul. Now, of course, when I say pride, I don't mean arrogance, but something that he wanted to do beyond what was required of him. And in that sense, being that point of pride, that he did not charge them in Corinth. And he's making that point. And he says, in this boasting of mine, he says it's not going to be silenced. He says, I'm still going to do it. I'm not going to stop. I'm not going to begin charging you just so all of these allegations against me will go away. Uh, he even says there in verse 11, he says, And why? Because I do not love you? God knows I do. Uh, perhaps 
maybe some in Corinth, or maybe he's just trying to get ahead of, of the curve here. But perhaps some had accused him of not loving them because he didn't go to them whenever he was in need. And he's saying that's the exact opposite. I didn't go to you when I was in need because I do love you and I didn't want you to have to support me. I wanted to be there for you and to do everything that I could for you. And he's going to talk about that later in chapter 12 and use the example of a father or just a parent in general supporting their children rather than a child having to support their parent. And he's saying that's the exact same kind of relationship that he had with them. He didn't want them to support him because he wanted to be there for them. Um, he says in then in verse 12, And what I am doing I will continue to do in order to undermine the claim of those who would like to claim that in their boasted mission they work on the same terms as we do. Again, going back to those false apostles, they claimed to, in essence, be on the same level as Paul, and they, again, claimed to be apostles, though they were not, and they used that for unjust gain. And so what Paul is saying here is he's going to continue doing what he has been doing. He's going to continue to refuse funds so as to undermine those claims by the those false apostles. And one of the things that's interesting that I have read is that these false apostles perhaps were using Paul's refusal of support as evidence against his apostleship. Because here they were, they were accepting anything and everything that they could get. But Paul was rejecting it. And so they were kind of coming behind him and saying, well, if Paul was really an apostle, then he would make you pay as well. But I really am, and that's why I'm making you pay me. Paul can't because he knows he's not really an apostle. But of course, those being those false claims, and Paul says, I'm going to keep doing it to undermine those claims. And as he says in, again in verse 13, just very quickly, for, for such men are false apostles, deceitful workmen, disguising themselves as apostles of Christ. And no wonder, for even Satan disguises himself as an angel of light. So it is no surprise if his servants also disguise themselves as servants of righteousness. Their end will correspond to their deeds. So here in this section, as Paul is defending his ministry, he is is defending himself because and, and through the fact that he did not charge those in Corinth for what he was preaching. He was not taking advantage of them. Even though he did have the right to ask for their support, and they, being the recipients of his teaching, would have had the obligation to support him, as he talks about in 1 Corinthians, he didn't make use of that right. Because, again, he wanted to be with them and he wanted to help them. But these false prophets were doing everything they could to, to gain anything they could. And, and as he declares here, they're false prophets. They're really messengers of the devil, but they act as if they're messengers of light. And so warning those in Corinth against these false apostles and, again, defending himself and his apostleship and his ministry. But we're going to have to stop right here. And we will pick up in verse uh, 16 tomorrow. I thank you for your time and for your attention. And if you have any questions, feel free to call us. Feel free to message us. 
and we would love to sit down and, and answer any questions that you might have. Uh, but again, please come back tomorrow and we'll pick up in verse 16.